Welcome back to Art House Garage. You are listening to episode 10. We are discussing a movie this week called Antiquities. This is a new movie. I'm very excited to be covering something so new. It's actually currently in theaters and not in very many theaters yet. I will tell you more about how to see it later on. But this is a movie that I got to see at the Arkansas Cinema Society's Filmland. It's an event they do every year. They show some uh, bigger name movies, some smaller name movies, and uh, they definitely focus on local movies. So I live in central Arkansas, and so I'm pretty interested and invested in the Arkansas movie community. And this movie is made by an Arkansas Uh, director. Uh, He lives here in Little Rock, and uh, it's a great movie. So I'll tell you a little bit about the movie first. It's called Antiquities. This movie stars Mary Steenburgen, Andrew West, Ashley Green, who you may know from the Twilight movies, uh, Michaela Watkins, Michael Gladys, um, Troy Hogan, some incredible comedic performances from all of these actors. And uh, it is set within an antique mall. If you are not from the South and you're listening to this, you may not know what that is. Basically, uh, it's an antique shop, but uh, lots of different booths and different people set up and sell their things. Uh, And so that's the the jumping off point for this movie. And uh, all the characters within the antique mall we get to know and what they're struggling with. And uh, the protagonist is someone who's just come to town and he uh, he's just lost his father. That's something we learned very early, and he's kind of dealing with that. He's moved back to his father's hometown, and he gets a job at the place his father used to work, which is this antique mall, and uh, he gets to know and kind of gets invested in the community there. Uh, there's also a love story element to it as well, uh, and basically... This movie is really, really funny. Um, it's it's full of full of laughs. I laughed so much watching this, uh, but also really does the drama very well. Uh, it's kind of very pleasant, uh, but tender, and um, it just hits it hits a lot of really good notes. I am a big fan of it. I can't wait for everyone to get to see it. Who is responsible for this movie? Uh, the director and today's guest is Daniel Campbell. He is. Uh, This is his first feature-length film. He's done three short films before this, including a short film version of Antiquities uh, that this uh, is an expansion of, and he goes into a lot of detail during our discussion, so I'll keep this brief. But he is a a wonderful guy and uh, was a a pleasure to talk to. I'll tell briefly how I came to know him. So it's kind of funny. I... uh, we go to the same church, and I kind of knew who he was. We'd never really talked before, but uh, like we have a lot of the same Facebook friends, a lot of mutual Facebook friends. Um, but I am always excited to go to Cinema Society events, and this Filmland festival that they do over a weekend takes place really close to my birthday. Uh, it's just the second year this past August, but um, I only had time in my schedule to go to a few screenings this year, and this was one of them. And I knew basically nothing. I was like, well, whatever I have time to go to, that's what I'm signing up for and buying tickets. And um, I knew it was a, an Arkansas movie. It was one of the ones from a local filmmaker. And uh, that's all I knew. I knew it had Mary Steenburgen in it. So I got tickets to that. 
and uh, got in and was seeing some of these people I knew from church. Like, interesting, some people I know here. That doesn't usually happen. And then saw the names. Like, that sounds familiar, Daniel Campbell. And then my wife was like, that does sound familiar. Grabbed her phone, got Facebook, and was like, that's Daniel from church. And so it was kind of a funny uh, moment when we realized that. Um, a fun personal story really briefly, too, is that uh, so I said I bought tickets. I actually didn't buy them in time. I, you know, didn't think this was one that would sell out. A boo on me for that. But we had to wait at the door. So we were in line at the door, pretty confident we would get in. They said, okay, we have enough seats. You have to go to the balcony. So, okay, we're going to hit the concession stand and we'll be right up there. They had to, like, let us in after it was, like, people were starting to uh, discuss it at the beginning. And so we were in line at the concession stand. The guy who was helping us said, hey, actually, there's a couple seats on, like, the third row. Are you all okay being that close? We're like, yeah, sure. Uh, That's amazing. So he took us, just me and my wife, up to the second or third row, and we filed in, sat down, and I kind of looked around. Again, like, things were starting, so I didn't have time to, like, really figure out what was going on. But I looked, here's three feet to my left. That's Will Forte. Oh, my gosh. Uh, to his left, a few more seats. There's Ted Danson. Oh my gosh, there's Mary Steenburgen. So we got to be like really close to all the famous people, which was really cool. Uh, and then of course Daniel's up here too, and they did a great Q and A afterwards. And uh, it was just a really a really fun night. And there's an after party. We got to like, eat some really good food, uh, and I got to talk to Daniel a little bit and to the cinematographer for this movie. And uh, really a great night, great movie. Without further ado. Let's jump right into the discussion with Daniel Campbell. We are here with filmmaker Daniel Campbell. Daniel, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, man. Thank you for having me. Excited to talk some stuff out with you. Yeah, I was uh, lucky to go and see Daniel's latest movie, Antiquities, uh, and first feature-length film uh, here in Little Rock, and they screened it at Filmland some months ago, and uh, it is a delight and I really am excited for other people to be able to see it. Um, and we'll talk about how you can do that a little later, but, um, I wanted this interview to be about the movie, but also just about how, uh, what's it like to become a director and everyone's story is probably different, but, um, so that's, I guess my first basic question is, you know, tell us about yourself and -hmm. also what is your background? Did you go to film school? How'd you get into movie making? Yeah. So I, um, so my background, I went to business school actually. Mm. And, um, and I will tell you, I am as about as good at business as, uh, <laughs> um, I would be at, at playing professional football. Uh, it's not, it's not an ideal scenario mm. for anyone, but, um, so I started off in, you know, I, I graduated from college and I, um, I got into to radio sales mm. Um, because of a, a cousin of mine, um, he got me into it, got me a job. And, and so when I was there, I was absolutely miserable. Cause again, I was, I was no good at it and I, I hate sales and I hate bothering people with money, uh, which makes me also a very bad <laughs> producer. Um, and, um, so I got into, uh, I, I started, I emailed a lady cause I wanted to get into the entertainment world. Um, and I always had a passion for, for making movies and telling stories and all that stuff. And, um, and I emailed this lady here in town, Sarah Tackett. She, she owns the agency Inc. downtown Little Rock. Okay, yeah. It's a, it's a talent agency. And so I emailed her and she just happened to check and telling her, you know, I wanted to get into this industry and, 
and and she looked like to me it seemed like just doing some research online that she was kind of one of the more predominant names in the town you know mm-hmm. what i mean like mm-hmm. um she had been around her imdb page was super impressive she had casted for sling blade and bluxy blues uh-huh. and all these films and um and so it took months for me to get a response out of her not because she was you know uh, ignoring me but my email went to her junk mail And um, I don't think I've ever told this, actually, but my email (laughs) went to her junk mail. And so I kind of wrote it off and was kind of, you know, writing a a short film at the time. And um, and I thought, well, she you know, she doesn't care, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so a a few months later, she she responds and said, hey, I'm so sorry. You know, I I um, I just got this message. Uh, I just happened to randomly be checking my junk mail and saw this. I'd love to to meet with you and talk about possibilities of you helping me with casting and all that stuff. Wow. Um, so I went to went to lunch with her. Went out to she has a ranch um, out in Scott, Arkansas. So so my wife, my now wife, Becky and I went out and met with her um, and hung out for a while. And this process went on for probably about a year because she she kind of kept telling me, hey, you know, there's a um, I want to get you on a film with me. I want you to help me. I want you to be my casting assistant. Um, and so I was like, yeah, absolutely. And she said, we're just kind of waiting on the right project. So after about a year, you know, it was really frustrating because I was in a job that I really yeah. was not a fan of. And she she emailed one day and said, well, are you, are you ready to go to Memphis? And uh, and I said, I said, yeah, let's let's do this. So um I just quit. I, uh, I didn't tell, <laughs> tell you how bad I was. Um, I just stopped working there. <laughs> it was kind of an <laughs> office space scenario where no one even acknowledged that I was gone. I don't think for a couple of weeks and they're like, Hey, did he die or something? What's going on with that guy? <laughs> Where's Daniel? And, Where's Daniel? And I, not that we care, but, um, but, uh, so, um, so I went over there and I was over there for like a week uh, because it was, it was, uh, it was commission, you know, mm. and I was on like a draw or whatever. So it didn't, I wasn't whatever, you know, making any money. And so, mm. um, so go over there, uh, long story long here. I, uh, go over there and start casting with her. Uh, it's a movie called nothing but the truth. It was directed by Rod Lurie who did, uh, he directed the last castle and resurrecting the champ. Um, right. um, and, uh, it was Memphis. It was in Memphis. It was starring uh, Kate Beckinsale and Matt Dillon. Okay. And it's a really, really good movie. Um, and I think the production company at the time happened to go bankrupt right before the film was released. Oh, wow. Uh, um, and, it, and it's such an incredible film. And Kate Beckinsale and, and Matt Dillon give uh, amazing performances in it. But um, but yeah, so I did that. I went over there. I, I cast it. We were over there for 10 weeks. I lived over in Memphis for 10 weeks or so. And uh, and then came back and the short film that I that I wrote, I, I met some some cool actors along the way over there while we auditioned. And um, Sarah's the guy that runs Sarah's agency, Yancey Prosser, has become a really good friend that I wanted to do the uh, to do the short. And I told him a couple of the actors that I had in mind and he was like, yeah, we'll reach out. You know, it's a short film. I know you don't have any money, but he, he was more of a producer than anything, you know, um, and kind of facilitated that, um, that side of the casting for us. And then he, he, uh, one of the actors I met with introduced me to, uh, the director of photography, Gabe Mahan that I still use today. 
so we just kind of hit it off and, and saw eye to eye creatively, you know, um, and it just, it just went from there. And then um, we were fortunate enough to get into the Little Art Film Festival and win with that. It was, it was the antiquity short film. And then uh, I met Graham at that festival, Graham Gordy, and he and I, uh, uh, we were fortunate enough to have someone kind of pay us to write. So I was working at that point in my career, I came back from Memphis. I was working um, at a boys and girls club um, in Little Rock. And uh, I was Beck, my, my wife, who is so unbelievably supportive, said, well, if you're getting paid to write the script, you should focus on this and quit your job, which was really terrifying. Um, like officially quit and not just officially ghost quit. the yeah. place. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let me let me just do a disclaimer there. The reason I ghosted that place is because a good friend of mine was working there and she gave her two weeks notice how she was supposed to. And at the they made her work the two weeks and then at the end of it kind of said, like, hey, because you you're on draw, you're not getting your two weeks that you worked for. Oh no. So it's it was such a bad, I mean, it was, everybody was just like, Oh man, that's really wrong to do to keep someone in a job for two weeks, knowing that you're not going to pay them after two weeks. So it was my only like taking the streets back moment I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> just gonna um, go. <laughs> I'm just going to go, you know what? And it's like, and it, let me tell you, it really affected their company. They really missed me when I was gone. Uh, that's not true at all, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so I, uh, I go and then we shoot the short film. Um, and then Beck asked, you know, she says, you know, like, uh, why don't, why don't you quit your job and focus on writing this thing with Graham? You've given an opportunity if something you've wanted to do for a long time. So, so Graham and I wrote this thing for about a year. And in the middle of that process, I wrote, um, and directed another short film called the orderly that we were fortunate enough to, to have win the Little Rock Film Festival as well. And then. And then kind of stayed afloat, you know, with uh, just connections. The film commissioner, Christopher Crane, kept um, he kept kind of introducing me to, to local crews and, and mm. folks that were coming in. He would pitch me to I was man, I was a production assistant for probably six months or a, probably I'd say a year before I shot Antiquities, you know, just trying mm. to stay afloat in a small market, yeah. just doing whatever I could. Um and at the same time, you know, I would be a production assistant one week and then I would go direct a commercial in New York or something for YouTube or whatever, or a video for them the next week. So it was just, uh, it's, wherever it's a really, it. yeah, wherever you can get it. And, and I'm still like that, you know, there's a, there's a company called rock house motion that I work with quite a mm -hmm. bit and they do incredible stuff. And I still first AD for them, you know, mm -hmm. like they, anytime they call, I mean, I, I, that's what I do. I will, I will if they if they tell me hey we've got a job coming up i will very much plan and they're the basically the only folks that i i will first ad for anymore you know um so the the bigger writing project that you're working on with graham that was the antiquities feature link yes sorry so yes so yeah, that was no, the fine. antiquities feature link version um and in that process it took us about you know seven years to get it funded Wow. Because Graham is is uh, we we argue about who's the worst businessman, but I assure you it's me. <laughs> whatever he tries to say, but uh, so we found Gary Newton, who uh, Graham knew and introduced me to, and and the three of us started a company called Mortress Potter Pictures. Um, and and Gary said, you know what, I'm I'm wanting to do this. I want to I want to get back into this industry because Gary was out in Los Angeles for a while and 
has such a passion and he's a fantastic writer and artist and actor. And, um, and he was like, ah, this is kind of a chance for me to get back into this, this industry. And so he went out and raised the money for us and wow. did a fantastic job doing it and did it very quickly. I mean, he, it was very much an expedited process with him compared to Graham and I just kind of wandering around aimlessly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> trying to find people that would, that would give us money. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you about your, um, your short films. So uh, in my, you know, very limited knowledge of, how the industry works. I know sometimes short films are made as sort of like a tester to say, Hey, this mm -hmm. is kind of the idea we can fund this and get a, uh, a feature length. Is that something you had in mind or is it just, you know, here's the time that I have to make a movie. Yeah. You know, I don't think so. I think I was just, it was more of, I, I had a short that I wanted to do and, and mm -hmm. I don't think I was looking um, and maybe some filmmakers do. Um, I, it was more of a, t I don't want to say a test for me, to see if it's something I was interested in. I just had a story that I wanted to tell, you know? Yeah. Um, and I didn't really think of it as a feature until folks started saying that, you know, yeah, at, wow. at festivals and stuff. Then they were like, man, these characters, you should, you should think about making a, a feature film version of this. So um, did, and it, when you were approached to do a, how would that go that someone said, hey, we want to pay you to write a feature link? Was that yeah, their so, idea or did you say, I want to do this and someone pay for it? So, so yeah, so we, it was at a, uh, at Little Rock, a friend of a friend of mine's father-in-law hmm. came to the festival and was like, Hey, you know, I, um, he's such a, a great guy and, and generous guy. I was like, you know, this should be a, I believe in you and this should be a feature film. And, um, and so he, that was basically it. It was like, hmm. I, I, I'll, yeah. I'll invest in the movie right now as uh, on the writing side of it, you know? And, uh, and he did that and, and Graham and I just got in a room and, and kind of came up with the idea. It's like, what is this? what is this about? You know, this is yeah. the, the, the short was basically a guy meets a girl and has a day to ask her out. And there's some kind mm -hmm. of a bet going on, you know, it's a really, um, obviously that can't, that's not enough weight yeah. to carry a feature. Yeah. I was going to ask so, what, yeah. what was expanded. Uh, because that's yeah, not so, having so, seen the original. Yeah. And, and so that's what we started kind of talking. It's like, what, what are all these people at these antique malls? What's something that they can all kind of have in common? And it's, and, and Graham and I, when we started talking, realized that we both, you know, lost our fathers early on in our, our adult life in our 20s and um, and started talking about that loss and stuff and how you hold on to it. it don't mean much to to anyone but you. And you think they hold all this weight, you know, this, um, and, and I remember, you know, going through going through my dad's stuff after he passed away and like just finding stuff in his pockets that he had worn that week, you know. Mm -hmm. um and just how it meant so much to me and it, it was you know it was like peppermints or something you know what i mean yeah. it didn't mean anything but it was just it was so personal because mm -hmm. it was like this is a part of this is a part of his everyday life like there is there is evidence of life here you know um and so that's what we started it, it was kind of the setting of the antique mall was was such a vessel for us to implement all these kind of bizarre weird characters that we've had in our minds that we've encountered throughout you know our childhood and, and living in the South. And um, so it was great that we were able to kind of tie in the, the antique mall side of, of uh, the South and have yeah. these people that were holding on to things. And it, it was a perfect kind of location for that because that's what this stuff is. You know, it's, yeah. it's stuff that people think is so important. Antique malls, it's full of, you know, I mean, obviously there's some very, 
high-end antiques, but there's also some stuff that, that probably shouldn't be in an antique mall, but it means right. something to someone and they think it's worth being there, you know? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And so it was kind of the perfect vessel for us or the po- perfect location to, to surround all of these, these characters inside this mall with, um, with, with um, some, some denial and some loss and, mm. and um, getting over that, you know, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that really does come through. I think, uh, yeah, that's definitely true. So my wife uh, was there with me watching mm-hmm. it and remarked that you know, she doesn't see a lot of, it's, it's such a, it's a place that she's very familiar with, an antique mall. Oh, but yeah. How many times have you ever seen that on the big screen? Like, oh, man. Maybe never. So what a perfect like setting to jump into. Well, good. Yeah, we were excited about that because we didn't, we were, you know, it's, uh, that was one thing I, I love. I love, that's what's so great about the, what's so great to me about the Coen brothers and all in these, these, mm. the directors like that is like, they tell these stories and, and it's, it's, it's always like a, a character that I've never, never seen before. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, where, yeah. how, how in the world do you get away with this every single time? And, and, yeah. and they do somehow. And, yeah. um, and with, with the antique mall, I was just, you know, Graham and I were thinking, it's like, I've, I've never seen a, I've never seen a movie in an antique mall. So will this work? Will this work? And and I grew up, you know, my grandmother, she, she had a booth at an antique mall uh, mm. when I was a kid. So I kind of grew up getting to go to these places and I still, to this day, no kidding. I will be like stressed for the day and, and need to get out and I will go walk around an antique mall. I don't know what it is about it, but it's, <laughs> there's some sort of, there's a calmness that comes over me mm. when I walk into a place like that. That's so interesting. Well, speaking of the setting, uh, did you always plan to keep it in Arkansas set and, and all that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think this is definitely a Southern film and I think it's specifically mm. an Arkansas film, you know, yeah. um, I, I'm sure other antique malls around, you know, the South and Midwest kind of have these similar characters and all that, but I just wanted to make sure it just felt at home. And I, I know that's kind of a cliche thing, but, um, galaxy in, in, um, Argenta Galaxy Furniture. Mm. Wayne, mm-hmm. the owner there, was was so uh, so willing to to kind of let us come in and, and live there for a few weeks and make that our our home, you know, and our set. Yeah. And and it, it it's an old J.C. so it's such a bizarre setup. Anyway, uh, wow, um, it's like that this thing still exists. I I don't think I've ever been into another old J.C. like that's a you know two level kind of mall and all that. It's really bizarre. Um, mm. But uh, so, yeah, so I, we knew as we were writing it that it's like, man, this is such an important element to this story. And it's, and it's a character within itself, this place that yeah. we have to, we have to figure out a way to shoot there. And he was so willing and, and excited about it. And we had such a great experience. He let us come in and had a very specific color palette and look booked for the production designer mm. and, costume and all that and they came in and just created this this color palette in this world um with you know with their hands tied behind their backs in terms of yeah. uh, budget you know um oh, well. but it was it was great but yeah i always knew it needed to be arkansas um graham as well and and we wanted to to tell a story it's there, there's so many of these great films that are shot here but a lot of times you know it's in such kind of a the poverty stricken side of arkansas um, and we wanted to show kind of the whimsical world that, that, yeah. that people 
that live here know about and love, you know? Yeah. 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 That's great. I mean, that was one of the fun things about watching it with a, a central Arkansas mm-hmm. audience was, you know, we were like, Oh, I know that location. And yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's my next question is we're all in Arkansas. So I recognize North Little Rock mm-hmm. Arkansas, and, and some, uh, hot springs, I believe at one, yep. one portion there. Uh, where all were you? So we shot in, uh, yeah, we shot in hot springs. We shot, um, a lot of the, the exterior kind of B roll shots, the establishing shots were in, um, Eureka Springs, um, Jacksonville. We shot the, there's a strip club scene <laughs> that, that we shot at in, in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Argenta in North I mean, downtown Little Rock, we had a, a, a bed and breakfast, we shot there as well and um, in the Heights and Hillcrest. So it was all central Arkansas. Yeah, wow. yeah, it was it was legitimately from Hot Springs all the way up to Eureka. Oh, and the Hibachi place. Was that? Uh... And the Hibachi. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, Shogun's before they tore it down. And that was the oh. other thing, you know, our um, seven years of, of kind of directing this film in my head without getting the chance to actually be on mm-hmm. set and direct it it gave me a lot of time to, to find locations that I knew that were, were important in terms of the look of them and the color palette oh, wow. around town that we weren't able to, we didn't have the money to go in and build these places yeah. and, and set deck these places. So the Hibachi, the, um, geez, what was it called? Uh, uh, Shogun. Yeah, so Shogun's kind of had that color palette already that I wanted. So I was making notes as the, as the years went on, That's you so know, cool. these places that, I knew would match match the color palette and we wouldn't have to spend a lot of money in terms of production design and all that stuff. Being your own location scout. Yeah, for sure. That's really no, cool. no doubt. Yeah. And it's one yeah. thing, you know, for like filmmakers, um, just one of the little pieces of advice, if uh, I shouldn't be giving advice to anybody, but <laughs> if that, if there's one piece, it's like, you know, that kind of stuff where you can cut corners mm-hmm. and you know, the look anyway, you know? Yeah. Um, Got it in your so head. yeah, get it in your, if you have it in your head, then just go out and find that. Um, and and save some cash there too, yeah. and some time because again, you know, or you should know the exact way you're trying to go with this thing, and that's a good way to to kind of set those scenes in your own on, own head and direct it um, a little earlier on. Is is getting to go inside a place like that's already kind of set decked and look around and mm. nice, yeah, well, cool. I'm curious about um, the casting process. So, uh, just in general, I don't know how really a casting process goes, but how mm-hmm. involved are you in, in that? And how did you get Mary Steenburgen involved? That's really cool. Yeah. So the casting process is, I, I'm very, very much involved in that. I, I think um, we had Jamie Lemons are, she is, she's from Waldron, Arkansas, uh, outside of Fort Smith. And she's, she's Laura Dern's producer. So she, she and Laura um, have a company called Jay Walker Pictures um and and so she has a lot of connections in in LA and to a lot of the actors that that we were excited about so once the script was written she went out to a lot of those um actors for us uh that that we kind of had in mind for things and Graham knew like Michaela for instance Michaela yeah. uh Watkins from yeah from Casual on Hulu she she's unbelievable and so pleasant to work with and so intimidatingly funny um yeah. That uh, so those those are the kind of folks we kind of we knew we had a connection to or they had a connection to. I ha- I did not have a connection to anyone, uh, but they had a connection to, and so we were able to, you know, kind of get some 
pre-interest, I guess, um, from them. And they were, uh, they were willing to, to, you know, I think kind of take a chance on, on me for sure. And so in the, during the process of writing, we kind of were able to write with them in mind, you know, like with that face, uh, which makes it a lot easier for me in the writing process is to, yeah, yeah. to kind of have someone that I know that I'm kind of writing with their personality and their, um, you know, their mannerisms and all of that stuff online. I mean, yeah. on, on, uh, in the script. Yeah. 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 Michaela Watkins was one that, uh, my wife and I were like, Oh, she's from new girl. <laughs> we're big fans of that. Yes, show. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> she's that's so a great show, on. by the way. I yeah. was pretty bummed to see that go away. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then, yeah, several just like, Oh, I've seen them on, on episodes of different things. Michael Gladys, uh, who's on yeah. Madman. Yeah. He's great on and Madman and in this. And then uh, I didn't actually realize until after I had to look this one up, but Andrew West, who's the lead, uh, he looks so different in The Walking Dead. He's, you know, he's physically know. a different appearance that I was like, I didn't realize it was the same guy. Yeah, he is. I'll t- I, you know, I, I saw bits. I've, I've yet to see all of Walking Dead, but I've seen his parts and I'm so glad that I kind of watched them out of context because yeah. – I've heard he is so mean on that show. Um, <laughs> yeah, not and, a great guy. <laughs> and not a great guy. And uh, and he's one of the the sweetest human beings ever. I think that's another reason I didn't recognize him is because his character's so, so different and pleasant in your movie. <laughs> and I will say this about Andrew real fast. Um, he, so I, I had a cousin that was an incredible Walking Dead fan. She mm. She was obsessed with it. And she was truly one of the strongest human beings I've, I've ever met. And she battled breast cancer for nine years and mm. passed away last year. Um, and Andrew knew how much of a walking dead fan he, she was. And so he sent her all this signed memorabilia from, oh, from wow. Gareth. It was incredible. So oh, uh, he would, he'd probably be embarrassed if I said that, but <laughs> people need to need to know how much of a amazing guy he is. Oh, that's great. That's really cool. After the movie, uh, I was talking to Allison, my wife, about mm-hmm. who, how there's no reason I need to pick a favorite performer in it, but I think my favorite person to watch on screen was Troy Hogan as Lee Oh Ray. man, he's so funny. Oh my, he gosh. is he is so good. Troy is the is such a uh, he's so pleasant to work with, and he it was funny. I, I I've said this so many times, but it just cracks me up because um, Ashley Russell, our costumer, she was she she knew exactly the kind of look I was going for. And um, I was very particular on like wardrobe. And I sent her these, these examples of what Dewey Ray would look like. Mm. And, um, and so she took it and just ran with it and just blew my mind for every character. I was like, yes, this is, I, I think maybe one time there was one shirt that I was like, yeah, let's try something else. And, and, and again, I'm a very particular person. That's just how on point this this lady is i mean she mm. just knew exactly she, she was it. so honed yeah just nailed it so troy was is such a sharp dressed guy mm. and then he shows up on our set and like and just completely like just <laughs> such a a, a well dressed man and then i the next thing i know he goes to a wardrobe and comes back and he's in like dad stonewashed <laughs> jeans and like a, a wind breaker breaker yeah. from like 92 and he's like mm. Daniel, what are you doing to him, man? <laughs> Not a great look. Yeah, so he is—he was so game for it, and it was just so fun to work with and collaborate with, and um, it, it was a blast. I love that guy. Yeah, it was a tie between him and and actually Graham's character. Graham oh Marius. my gosh, so hilarious! Jimmy Lee, I got to talk to in a room one day when we were kind of working out Graham's character with Jimmy Lee, and um, 
and we were sitting talking about it and I got to, I started talking to Jimmy Lee as uh, I mean, I got started talking to Graham as Jimmy Lee. And so we sat there <laughs> for probably 40 minutes and I had a conversation with Jimmy Lee and it was the most entertaining thing that had happened to me oh all gosh. year. Um, That's amazing. The things that Jimmy Lee has to say about his mother are not great. <laughs> well, that, I wish that was recorded. So uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, I so on the casting and the, so true that at least one or two of the performers in this are local Arkansans or yeah, yeah, so, quote, so non-professional yes. actors. Yeah, so so Blundell Rogers played by Roger Scott. Mm. Um, he was. Um, he was he's on the radio on the buzz in the in the mornings on 1037 and and he was in the first short that i did he was in antiquities the short and then he was in the discontentment of ed telfair in this web series that that graham and i wrote that um that i directed and um and so yeah so he just you know roger i told him i was like man i really want you to to play this role and and we got some pushback from some folks about it. It's like this guy, you know, this is a huge role and he's, he's never acted in a feature before. Mm -hmm. And, and so I knew he could do it. You know, I was very adamant about that. And, and, and I told him, I was like, look, you know, these people are, are, are incredibly talented and, and you are so talented. I just want you to just to come so prepared for this where, you know, if there's any sort of curveballs, whatever, you can just, you know, fly right yeah. through it and he did mm -hmm. i mean he was so prepared and took this so seriously um and it was i mean and he was it, he impressed everyone you know every yeah. all the other actors were just from la were just like who is this guy you know um mm -hmm. but he did he took it so so seriously and i knew he would it wasn't even an option that he he would you know I, and he says all the time, he's like, oh, I just didn't want to let you down. And, and I, it just means the world to me that he just kind of poured everything he had into this thing. And it, and it shows on screen because yeah. I was so, yeah. so excited about his performance. He more than holds his own. Oh, like it's, he, it's he's so, so fantastic in it as well. He, he is really good. Was that so working? This is the first time you've worked with so many different performers. Yes. I, I would imagine from your IMDb page. And, yes. Yes. Um, and such bigger named people as well it was mm. that what kind of challenges did that present on set you know i the the producing team we had for this they were they they had my back every step of the way as and as a director i don't know how how often hopefully that happens most of the time but i i just always felt protected and felt like i had someone to turn to if if, if you know uh, as a first-time feature film director needing advice or whatever it is um mm. but um the actors themselves, I, I don't know if this was just the perfect storm that a, that a bunch of folks got together and, and made something really eccentric and, and um, fun. And it was just a, a fun environment. But man, the, the actors were so trusting in me and so collaborative. Hmm. Um, I never, there wasn't ever a moment where I thought I need to, to give some direction here, but I, I don't want to approach them because they're a nightmare to deal with you know and, and you hear these stories a lot of times that that's the situation there's actors can be so combative with directors and directors the same way with actors but there was such a genuine collaboration and everybody cared so much about this movie and in these characters that it was it was an absolute blast i um i had it was a sad day you know when we wrapped that last day because i truly enjoyed being on set with these people and 
And, and I actually loved giving direction, you know, and, and Mary, Mary was so good. And she, mm-hmm. she kind of, she said, you know, Hey, if you give me direction, I, I, I absolutely welcome it. And, um, you know, don't basically just don't be afraid to give me direction, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so I wasn't, and then we had a great time and it was, it was a really fun. And she laughed a lot and I laughed a lot and, and the crew had a blast and there wasn't anyone that, that wasn't that way. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody on set wanted to make a, a fun movie and they came on set every day willing to, to, to take direction. And, and, and I was very much willing to, to, you know, for their input as well. You know, it wasn't a one way street with that. I mean, there were, there were times I would go up to Michaela and she would, I would give her direction and she would come back with something that was even better, you know, and same with all of the actors, um, which made me, um, feel so safe because I knew that they cared enough about it, that they were thinking about it on their own, you know? Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Did you, as you were casting, uh, the female lead, Ashley Green, did, mm-hmm. did you have her and Andrew West test together or anything like that? Or what was that like casting her? No, I mean, it was just a deal where we, uh, Jamie, our, our producer said, Hey, you know, uh, her, her agent said she, I think she would be interested in this if, and and I was just like, oh shoot, okay, so let's let's do this. So there was no, um, there wasn't ever a moment where they actually read together. The first mm-hmm. time they met, the three of us went to to dinner um, at Reno's, actually, I think one night when they got into town, and that's when the th- you know we we kind of started talking and and um, kind of getting into these characters and stuff and relaxing around yeah. each other. And but no, they um, they had never read with each other or anything like that. Wow. We just didn't have, and again, on a, on a budget this size, you just don't have the, the money and you don't have the yeah. time and the resources to, to get those two in a room. And we didn't have a table read or anything like that. And there were yeah. no rehearsals. Our rehearsal was a couple hours on set beforehand, you know? Wow. Um, yeah. It was kind of very much a run and gun hmm. type. Well, production. their chemistry really works. And she's such an interesting just screen presence. And, and she's so good in this. I've seen her in Twilight, uh, but she's fantastic in this. And oh, that's awesome. uh, yeah, not she... your not your run of the mill romantic lead in, in a really yeah. good way. Yeah, well, that's great. No, she she uh, she took it very seriously, and she um, she was uh, it was it was fun because she she very much cared about Ellie, and she knew that Ellie was a lot of of Graham and myself. It's same with Walt mm. as well, you know, because I when my when my dad passed away. It, Ellie in the movie, she kind of her her introduction to the film is her coming back from a, a you know a ten week trip or whatever around the world, um, and um, and that's what I did after my dad passed. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of Ellie and me and Graham because you know we we kind of hide our <laughs> dealings with death and and mm-hmm. and um, loss with and pain with uh, with covering it up with humor a lot mm. of times and that's what ellie did it's just denial in in, in a very unhealthy way mm. um and so yeah so she she understood that and 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 understood how much it meant to us and she she did not take that lightly she she came in guns blazing so i'm very grateful for her that's really cool well i'm curious years back when you thought you first might be a film director and now mm-hmm. having directed a feature-length film is there anything what what's the most different than what you expected oh man that's like what the job is like 
Yeah, I, you know, I think just because I did the three shorts and I did, mm. uh, I'd done the web series, I kind of knew what I was getting into um, that first day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the um, the, the difference in, in the, the, the feature in the shorts, it's obviously the money, you know, mm-hmm. and you have people that are invested in this film. Like, so, so you were, that's, that's always kind of in the back of your mind, but, but I would think anyway, but it wasn't f- so much for me just because our investors were so good about, there's just no pressure, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, if it, if it makes money, great. And if it doesn't, then we believe in all of you guys and, and, and that's where it's at. So I, I'm sure that will never happen again. Um, but on this one, it was great just because they were, they were so supportive and stuff. But in terms of what it's, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think it's just the same thing. I think the process creatively is the same. It's just as a short or a, or a commercial, whatever it's, you're trying to tell a story on screen, you know? Um, and, and I was, uh, I, I watch a lot of, watch a lot of interviews with my favorite directors quite a bit and try to take as much as I can from them. But there's no, there's no, uh, I mean, there's, there's, you're not going to, you're not going to learn and make those mistakes until you're on a set doing it. You know, there, that's, that's one thing that I probably um, took away from it even more so than I already knew was like, Oh, I'm going to, I've done the three shorts. I've done some other stuff, so I'm ready to go. And I, and I feel like I was, but I, I, told Graham this other night, it's like, I'll probably never learn as much as I did from antiquities hmm. well, as I will from any other film, just because it was that first feature. And it's more of a short film is, is kind of a sprint and, and, and it's a features more of a, uh, of a marathon, you know, hmm. of creatively and just having to, to tune in every single day creatively, um, for every single scene, you know, cause it's going to, if you're, if you're not on, then it's going to show when you get in that editing room and it's like, Oh shoot, I remember I I was kind of out of it for that hour or so. <laughs> oh, interesting. That's funny. Wow. Uh, speaking of filmmakers, I was going to ask, do you have any films or filmmakers that you count as uh, uh, inspiration? Yeah. You know, films, I would say, um, you know, I always raised in Arizona is always and will always be number one to me. Um, so Fargo is incredible. The Burbs. I love the Burbs. My sister oh, yeah. and I kind of grew up on that. And it's a great um, movie. Um, anything John Hughes, you know, I love, um, um, but yeah, Wes Anderson said like bottle rocket and his, his, that's to me, that's my, my favorite film of his just because it's just so raw and it's just a a bunch of guys just telling the story. There is no production design, not that his production design is, it's unbelievable, but I just love the fact that without the Wes Anderson side of it, he, he, you see how good of a filmmaker he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause uh-huh. I think, I think nowadays his production design is so good and so specific that you associate it with Wes Anderson. And there's a, there's a, there's a storytelling mm-hmm. side of Wes Anderson that is just unbelievably yeah. underappreciated. I feel like, and he's and so much more than he is design. very yeah. much. So And those characters in bottle rocket are, are so fleshed out and, and, and they're so relatable, you know, you go to school yeah. with those guys. Like I know that mm. guy. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, but, um, I think that's yeah. if, of his movies. That's the most like laps per minute. I think. Absolutely. I just roll. Watching yeah. The movie. I'll tell you another movie that I, my buddy and I quote constantly was Kingpin that I kind of, for, mm. it, it's so good. Um, and, and I will, it's one of my favorite movies and, and, and I just, uh, it's, it skips my mind and talking and having these conversations sometimes. Mm. And then, 
And then I watch it and I was like, holy cow, this is one of the funniest comedies I've <laughs> ever seen. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. So uh, we can start wrapping up a little bit, I guess. Thank you sure. for all the time. But of course. Um, I was going to ask, so speaking of taking short movies and making them longer, do you plan to expand either of your others? I think after having watched The Discontentment of Ed Telfair, which I had uh-huh. time to do today, I think that could very much work as a feature lead. Yeah, you know, I've thought about that. A, fo- a couple of folks have said that. I-, I think, you know, with that movie, I think the the movie, uh, um, or even as a show, you know, it's like it's like the the sh- the show starts with that ending. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah, that. Yeah. That's when it all kind of happens. Um, but yeah, I, um, I I don't know. There there are a couple of things that that um, that Graham and I are working on um, right now that we're trying to figure out. Um, but uh, Ed Telfair is one that I would, I would definitely like to, I love that, that, um, the actor, Jeff Bailey, who plays Ed Telfair is, yeah. is, is so, he's so good at being comfortable. He's also the uncle in, in Antiquities. Yeah. Such a different uh, character too. Such a different character. And he, <laughs> he is, uh, he is a joy to work with that, that guy. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, um, the orderly is one that's definitely just a short, you know, I, I, I wrote it for a short, I wrote them all for shorts, but, um, um, there's, there's with Ed Telfer, I feel like some stuff could, could spiral yeah. from that for sure. It could be a gritty HBO series. Yeah. That, oh yeah. man, that would be incredible. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's, what's next for you as a filmmaker? Do you have plans or can you talk about them? Um, yeah. So we're, it's just writing at this point, you know, okay. there's, um, it's just, it's trying to figure out what, what's next there's a couple of things that that i'm i'm writing right now with a um a couple of buddies of mine and and just trying to figure out what the best move is in terms of directing you know what project mm-hmm. is going to be best for my directing career because i feel like sometimes it's that that second film can be there's more pressure on that mm-hmm. than there is on the first one just because the first one there is no pressure you know it's yeah. like well, and and that uh second one can it's kind of daunting yeah. <laughs> to think about. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I think at this point, it's just trying to figure out the genre and, and, and where to go and, and um, what story to tell, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as far as antiquities is concerned, uh, mm-hmm. distribution wise, still in progress to some degree, where can it be seen right now? Yeah. So we are screening in Litterock, uh this Wednesday, um, the the fourteenth at Riverdale Theaters uh, on the bottom of Cantrell Hill, and at seven p.m. I think the seven o'clock show. It, I think it's sold out, but then the nine fifteen nice. is still available. And then um, I think we may have some more screenings coming up here in Little Rock, and then possibly later on in the in the year in Northwest. And I think the online the the digital release I think is going to be in January ish. I believe. All right. Yeah. Well, I will be tweeting out from Art House Garage's Twitter whenever there's more news there. But uh, I want everyone to see this because it really is great. And uh, thank you for the film and thank you so much for your time this evening. And I really appreciate uh, you being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, I really appreciate you you taking the time to watch it in the kind words. And um, I look forward to, to hearing how stupid I sound. that wraps up my discussion with daniel campbell as he was mentioning there there are a couple of screenings available so this podcast episode comes out on november 14th that is a wednesday 
the same day, November 14th. So if you're listening to this on day one, there are two screenings at the Riverdale Cinema in Little Rock. So if you're listening on day one and you live in central Arkansas, you should go to the Riverdale, uh, check the website, but it's around 7 and around 9, and there are some seats still available. I will highly recommend it. Uh, If you are unable to make it or if you don't live in the area, uh, it sounds like there will be some streaming available, hopefully, months down the road. Uh, So I will, of course, be keeping everyone informed on social media about when that is coming out. But uh, it was a a delight to talk with him. Uh, Thanks again to Daniel for being here. And that will do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Stardust at Arthouse Garage in all of those places. You can email me, andrew at arthousegarage.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.